Welcome to Daybreak Devotions, a podcast version of the daily radio ministry of the McLeansville Baptist Church with your host, Pastors Mike Barnett and Corey Cantrell. Welcome everyone to what is the wrap-up of our first week of the new Daybreak Devotion Program from the McLeansville Baptist Church. And I am Pastor Mike Barnett, and you are Pastor Corey Cantrell. Sure am. And for the first ever, the the first guest on Daybreak Devotions, we have in the studio right now with us this morning, none other than our own beloved Cody, we call him Private Ryan Carden. Good morning, Cody. Good morning. It's great to be here. And you've been hanging out with us a little bit this morning. Yes, I have. And we've promised you a cup of hot coffee after this. Well, if I drank coffee, that would be delightful. Oh, I forgot you're one of those people. Well, I've got some eggnog left over from Christmas in the refrigerator, so that's yours, buddy. It's all yours. Maybe Actually, even have some hot cocoa powder. But you know what might be something to try? And I, I don't know if anybody out there's tried this. Oh, if you're getting ready to say mix yep. your... Put oh. a little eggnog in the coffee. Oh, goodness. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you cream drinkers, why not try it? I don't I understand. there's a difference in cream and eggs. Okay, but hold on. There's no egg in my eggnog. It's silk. It's made out of soy milk. I've been trying to tell you all that for three years now. Anyway, I don't understand why people who put stuff in their coffee, A, will not drink flavored coffee, and B, would not be willing to put, you know, any kind of creamy thing in their coffee and try it. Well, I can speak to the first part because there is a major difference in flavored creamer and flavored coffee because the flavor doesn't it doesn't dispel the same way. That cleared it up for all of us. <laughs> well, eggnog and coffee is like science. A negative plus a negative equals a negative, you know. Yeah. What is that how that works? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you turn one of the negatives upside down and then put them together, it makes a positive sign. Speaking of positive signs, today is January the 6th, and as promised on Daybreak Devotions, not necessarily a new thing for us, but we're going to highlight some of the special things going on in the world, and you know what today is? What is today? Da, da, da! Did you have a... Epiphany? Epiphany, that's right. yeah. I was hoping that that... It dawned on me, just as you were saying that. Yes. Well, I, I sat up all night wondering what happened to the sun, and then it dawned on me. That's for you, Pat Simpson. <laughs> uh, did he come up with that? Uh, he's used that a few times. Really? He, I think he got it from me. That's uh, I've, there's, there's All those kind of jokes are like Pat-isms. Oh, well, I, I have some jokes today, by the way. All right. I don't know why it is when I... Uh, well, I do know. Okay, so it's it's the end of the first week of the new year. And while this is not our New Year's broadcast, we are going to be talking a little bit later in the devotion part about, uh, you're going to be leading us in some thoughts about how to kind of go into our new year with some some good thoughts and preparations and evaluations and whatnot. But anyway, I, I thought, well, I'll just bring over for Friday Fun Day some, some New Year's jokes. And uh, so, so here we go. Try this one on. What does a field grow on January 1st? There's the train, folks. You missed your train, Cody. I guess you'll just have to stay. All right, so anyway, we're, what does a field grow on January the 1st? Am I actually allowed to guess it, or does that... Oh, yeah, it is open. This is open air. They grow new ears. That was a stretch. No. What? Too bad we don't have our our X sounds on the... It's New Year's hay. 
So I'm getting this transfer to grow a new ear. I'm going to have to get a laugh track because uh, apparently this is going over your wah, head. Wah, wah. What was Dr. Frankenstein's New Year's resolution? You want to take a stab at this one? I don't even know. To make new friends. <laughs> oh, that's a good no one. Need for the that's laugh track good. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, this one's probably one you could get. What does a ghost say on December thirty first? Happy Boo Year. Yes, uh-huh. hey, you got it. Uh, so I love here, here now. So those are the jokes. Now I want to share with you. This, and I know this is dangerous. I know it's really not polite to eavesdrop on someone and then tell other people what you heard. But I was overhearing a conversation between our beloved associate pastor talking to his wife, aforementioned Charity, on the phone the other day. This was last week, I think, sometime, and he was sharing uh, some of his thoughts about the new year, and, and he said, you know, I love when they drop the ball in Times Square. It's a nice reminder of what I did all year. Wow, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, that's the thing that I like about our Daybreak Devotion listeners, our our McLeansville Baptist folks, is they, they know that this is just it's just a day in the life of the AP. Yes, it is. And a lot of, lot, lot of sympathy and compassion is coming your yes, way. Yes, it is. It's I really the it. reason I do it. Thank you. So people will feel that for you. So it is Epiphany in, on the church calendar, and some of, the li- some of our listeners are pro- probably keep up with the the official church calendar, and uh, others don't. And we're not really a church calendar people. I mean, we're Baptist, right? Uh, we, we don't follow the church calendar. I'm not sure if there is like a the church calendar that like, all the liturgical churches follow. Like or if you can't like, go to Walmart and buy the 2023 church calendar. Yes. Okay. I don't know if like the the uh, the Episcopalians have a church calendar and the Presbyterians and so forth, the Lutherans or or if there's one church calendar that they all kind of follow, I, I know there's similarities. For example, January sixth is Epiphany. It, it's based off of boy, I'm not good at that math stuff. A week plus six, twelve six, twelve days after Christmas. Boy, that shows you where I'm at this morning. So so it's this part is of what I was going to say was yes, we're wrapping up the Christmas season. I sound like a real uh, idiot this morning, so if you can uh, use some of your skills. <laughs> There's only so much I can do. <laughs> Let me read from an article, because I, I pulled this up on purpose. This article is entitled, uh, Let's Celebrate the Epiphany with an Eye on the Future. Uh, this is from religionnews.com, okay? So I uh, thought this was an interesting article. I'm going to read just a portion of it. And for those who are not familiar with what Epiphany is about, it will at least give a little bit of foundation, and then, boy, we're having fun on this Friday fun day. Right, Cody? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, this year, I'm reading from the article, this year, and, and listen, this is, I didn't know this, this year, Ukraine broke with Orthodox tradition and decided to celebrate Christmas on December 25th rather than on January 7th. See, so, so in the Eastern Church, Christmas will be celebrated tomorrow. Hmm. This will be like the Christmas Eve. We're going we're gonna to figure this out. Okay. This represents both a rejection of Russian tradition and a turning toward the West by the re- Ukrainian people. Now that we are on the same page for Christmas, it's time to take a look at the Feast of the Epiphany, which means different things to different Christians, but has much more importance in the East than in the West. I think we would agree with that. The word epiphany comes from a Greek word that means an appearance or manifestation. It was especially used in classical literature literature to describe the appearance of a god. Uh, Otherwise, we would call that a theophany. And now, Paul's from the article, 
you know, when we look at our Bible, we see these epiphanies, mm-hmm. right? And we, we use, do we use the word theophany? Is that what they teach in we, Bible we college? We typically use Christoph, Christ, a Christophany. There we go. I'll get wow. the word out. It's, it's an Old Testament appearance of Christ. Like when Joshua talks to the uh, captain of the host of the Lord, falls mm-hmm. down on his face, that's a Christophany. Or the three men come to see Abraham, and one of them disappears before the other two go into the city of Sodom. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. So if it's not a Christonophy, or whatever you said, if it's just an appearance of God, it would be a theophany, according to this term right here, a theophany. Sure. But anyway, uh, in the West, back to the article, the Epiphany principally celebrates the visit of the Magi to the child Jesus. We like to extend the Christmas season as long as we can. We also like to keep things in chronological order. This year, Catholics will celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany on Sunday, January 8th, with a gospel reading from about the Magi from Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Thus, in the West, the Epiphany, or manifestation of the divine, is to the Magi. The Orthodox celebrate Epiphany on January 19th. Well, you got to... I guess if they're have, celebrating Christmas on January 7th... you got to have 12 more days. Mm-hmm. Fellas, if we just traveled the globe this time of year, we could Christmas it a long time. <laughs> yeah, anyway, the Orthodox celebrate Epiphany on January 19th. In Eastern Orthodoxy, the Epiphany celebrates the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan, where in Mark's Gospel, a voice from the heavens announces, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Thus the epiphany or manifestation is to all who hear God's words. Some liturgical scholars see the epiphany as also pointing to the second coming of Christ. While Christmas may celebrate the birth of Jesus in the past, the feast of the epiphany looks to his coming in the future. So there you go. That's a little bit of background on what the Epiphany is in the church calendar. Sounds like Epiphany is the crown jewel of Advent. It, it kind Ooh, of helps to solidify. Put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. Well, for us, it would certainly be because we come to the end of the Christmas celebration. We were out giving donuts this morning. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, now, remember that. We were, we were giving some donuts out to the folks on the street. Now, listen to this. Epiphany traditions. Of course, as I've already said, it's based on the visit of the, the, three, the three wise men, so it's known in some places as the Three Kings Day. So it's celebrated throughout the world on January the 6th uh, and so forth. Now, listen. In Spain, Epiphany is a very important holiday. On the night of January 5th, children leave their shoes out by the door in hopes that the three kings will leave them gifts. In the morning, they find their shoes filled with candy and small presents. So if you boys would have stuck your shoes outside last night, you'd have been a little sweeter today. But anyway. I would be more worried about the three blind mice getting into your shoes with all those candy rather than the three kings <laughs> bringing the candy to you. Well, here's the part about the, uh, the donuts. In Mexico, a special treat called Rasca de Reyes is eaten on Epiphany, and I'm sure that's exactly how you say that. Of course. The ring-shaped cake has a baby Jesus figurine hidden inside it. Whoever finds the figurine in their piece of cake is said to have, have good luck for the year ahead. So A ring-shaped cake to celebrate Epiphany. Boys, we didn't even know what we were doing this morning. Well, what it sounds like, the folks in Mexico use a king cake on Epiphany, and everybody down in New Orleans uses it during Mardi Gras. Oh, really? I, what, I don't know about the king cake. Yeah, the king cake is now it's it's like bonus Friday Fun Day info. Yeah, it's like a legit cake, and whoever gets the piece with the there's a little plastic baby Jesus, and whoever gets oh. the piece of cake that has the baby Jesus in it, well, is supposed to have. Now, if you think a about this, year or something like and that's that. in Mardi Gras too. 
Well, it ties into whatever the religious celebration, like the actual event. But it, it's done a lot. Like Mardi Gras ties into some kind of religious event. Maybe it's Lent. Yes, I, I think. I can't remember. I don't know. Whatever, I have no idea. Whatever. I think, Never been. I think it is because I think Mardi Gras is kind of like America's Carnival. It's like, okay, we're going to get all of our stuff we want to do before we go through 40 days of abstinence oh, of not doing anything. Mm, feasting before the fast. Yes. Well, uh, I was going to say, though, if you're going to be chewing cake and biting into something uh, hard, plastic, it would probably encourage um, a little bit of slowing down and a little moderation. Absolutely, because you want to talk about some indigestion, you swallow baby Jesus in a hurry. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, just, just to close this out, in Greece, children dress up as shepherds and visit homes singing traditional songs about Epiphany. They are usually given money or sweets in return for their performance. Now, you talk about the conglomeration of holiday right there. <laughs> it's Christmas Halloween. <laughs> yeah, hallowed Christmas Eve here. So anyway, okay. But at least they're going out serving somebody by singing and bringing Absolutely. joy before they get paid for it. Yeah. Maybe that's where we get the Christmas carol of now bring us some figgy pudding. Could be. Hmm. Well, folks, I don't, I don't, I mean, in the history of Daybreak Devotions, Whatever that history will be, I don't know how we'll ever top this first half of this first Friday fun day. The the revelations that have settled into this room are nothing short of astounding. You got that right. Okay. Well, that's all I have on Epiphany, and I think it is about time for. Uh, well, first of all, Cody. Here now that you're here in the area, I don't know. All of our listeners are not even going to have a clue who you are because they don't have a clue who we are. But uh, but if they tune in every day, they at least are familiar familiar with our voice by now but you are our resident well you're our non-resident bible college attendee way off at ambassador baptist college in i always want to say the wrong town Lattimore, Lattimore, north carolina home for the christmas holiday and epiphany now that epiphany is about to be over you'll be returning to school i will and what is ahead for you this semester? What will you be studying? This semester, I'll be studying uh, more in-depth intermediate Greek grammar. And I'll also be studying um, current trends in theology. Those are the two main subjects for me. Hmm. So. There, there's probably some jokes that could come out of that one. <laughs> intermediate Greek grammar, in light of what we just discovered about Greek tradition... You, it may be advantageous for you to learn how to ask for some figgy pudding in your class as you go through your Christmas caroling of Epiphany in the Greek culture. I might figure it out. I'm just concerned about those current trends in theology. Yeah, I mean, they talk about things like feminism and... Epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those cakes give a whole new meaning to Christ liveth in me. Oh. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> You've been All sitting right. on that one for a little bit. Good job. Well, I, I, I know it's not fair to you coming off the heels of all of this, but we, we're going to transition to the last portion of today's Daybreak Devotion will be the devotion part. And uh, our illustrious associate pastor brought uh, the uh, the teaching on Wednesday night this week in our church. And what you, what you spoke about to our congregation seemed like a fitting way for us to close out this week. We've been talking about the new year and, and pursuing God in the new year and some things that we could do. We looked at Psalm 91 a couple of days, talked about some spiritual resolutions and some spiritual disciplines that we could put into practice. But you kind of brought a whole new approach of looking at just that evaluation of our life and the why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. 
And so if you would, uh, we're going to turn it over to you to kind of lead this this devotion today. Yeah, because I'd love to get um, your guys' thoughts and, and perspectives on it as well. We've been talking and we've been in this, this year of review. And for our church, there's been a lot of emphasis on renovation and uh, getting things restored back to uh, their former better state. And so my mind has kind of been on, okay, what, what needs renovated in, in my heart and life? What What is it that the Lord needs to bring improvement on? And the question why kept coming up. You know, why do I do this? Why don't I do this? Why is this important to me? Why has this not been important enough? And so I found myself asking why about a lot of things. And a couple of verses of Scripture came to my mind that um, that kind of helped to solidify uh, the thought and the direction that the Lord has kind of given me of, of, listen, this is something that every Christian ought to be doing. We have to be okay with with asking the question, why? Because in seeking after it and in, and in asking, what we are actually doing is inviting God in, um, as, as David uh, uh, asked, and Lord, uh, search me, try my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me. It's just making ourselves available for God to illuminate in us what needs corrected and what needs removed. And the first passage that uh, that the Lord brought to me was in Mark chapter number 7, uh, then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashing hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not, and many other things there be which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels and of tables. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, being Jesus, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? And the Pharisees come, they, they pose this question to Jesus. They ask him, you know, why, why, are, why are you doing this? What, what right do you have? And it's almost in a defensive posture of why, because they felt that, that their traditions, their way of life, their manner of living was, was under attack by this guy, Jesus. And, and Jesus speaks and he, and he enters into that. And then over in Mark chapter number 9, and we won't read all of these verses, but a man comes, he brings his child uh, to Jesus' disciples. He, he he's, wants this, this demon, the spirit that has been plaguing his child to be cast out, and the disciples couldn't do it. In verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him up by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? So two different groups of people come to Jesus with the same question, but their motive and their intention is completely different. The Pharisees are on the defensive. They're, they're, they're wondering you know, well, what right do you have to tell us anything? But the disciples come to Jesus with a hungry heart. They're, they're, they've got some inquisition about them. Lord, we want this. We want what you're offering. And, and we, we want you to, to highlight to us. And so my, my approach has been, I want to be more of the Mark chapter number nine. As I'm renovating, as I'm evaluating and asking God why, I don't want to be defensive. And God, if there is something about me that if I am defensive about this, I want you to show me that so that I can fix it and actually lay it more bare. And So what you're saying in that opening there is 
that everybody is asking why, mm-hmm. and most of the time in our experience, let's just say around church, uh, we, we, we hear a lot of why questions. And, and if, I, if, I'm, if I put all that into like simple statements, I would say the question that's being posed is what is the motivation of your why? Right. And you have the one side who are asking why in order to defend their entrenched status quo position. Often that question gets asked when someone feels threatened, like you're going to change something. Yes. And, and why are you trying to change what we've always done? We don't like this. And the why is not really trying to get anywhere. It's trying to defend their position. Then you had the other group, in the disciples in Mark 9, who are asking why in order to discover and explore this, these spiritual possibilities. Like, they want to learn. So their, their motivation for why is teach us. We're open to change. We're open to following however the Lord is leaving, leading us. So that's the two different whys. Yes, absolutely. And there's, you see stagnancy from the Pharisees, and then you see growth and development in the disciples. And so obviously we don't want to be stagnant. We don't want to be content. We want to grow and we want to develop. And so the, the first question that, that I asked myself was, why do I emphasize what I emphasize in my home? And so all, all three of us, you and I more directly, Cody, beginning to enter into that, we're going to be the, we are the heads and are going to be the heads and the leaders of our home. And so we have to be very, very, very cautious and mindful about what we're comfortable with in home, what we allow in. But it's got to be more than just traditions and just, well, this is what brother so-and-so has always preached. This is what I've always been taught. This is how I was raised. So what you're saying is is that you're, you're evaluating why the standards of your lifestyle in your home with yes. your family. Yes, because, again, is it is it stale traditionalism of, of this is just how we do it and it's the right way? Or is it because we are trying to create an environment in our home that is nurturing not only my heart, but my spouse, my children, and those that live closer to the Lord? So, like, for example, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about parents right now that might have children. Old, these are probably older children, but even, you know, uh, preteens that want to play video games. Mm-hmm. So how would you, in other words, what you're thinking is we need to lay a standard for what we're going to allow our child to do, maybe time limits, the content will allow them to do, but then you need to be prepared to know why you're choosing those standards and be able then to teach those standards to the child. Right, because the why is going to come. And in my own personal life, what I have discovered, when I get frustrated when I'm questioned, it's normally because I don't have a good, solid reason. It's just my preference. It's what I want. Don't question me on what I want. Just do it. And that doesn't yield the results that I'm ultimately after. But if I have genuine convictions, okay, hey, we do this because we're putting these guards, we're putting these checks. Whatever your friends do is irrelevant because in our home, the Lord has has placed this on my heart that if we don't do this, we're going to be more drawn down a path that's not following us closer to Christ, which is what we are supposed to be all about. We're, we're, we're sort of blazing our own trails in all these categories you're going to mention. We're sort of blazing our own trails, but at the same time, we're following paths that have been laid down for us in Scripture and in the examples of people who have, have lived well for God. Correct. Correct. There's, there's things that I learned, there's things that I put into practice in my own life because of what I have observed in men that I respect. And, okay, well, if this worked for them, there's probably some truth in there. 
But what I my evaluation has been, but when my children ask me, when my wife asks me, when other people ask me, I want to have a better reason other than this is what Dr. So-and-so said and look how their life turns out. I want it to be a compilation of, okay, this is the facts that I've gotten, but my walk with Jesus, the Spirit has highlighted this would be a good practice for you and your family as well. Yes, it worked for them, but I am calling you to this because there are also some things that I'm okay with in my home that other people have said, nope, we're not going to do. And it's because I feel in my heart from my walk with the Lord that that we have the okay for that. We have the Christian liberty to do that. But again, when my children ask or when others ask, I want my reason to be able to be more than just, well, this is how we've always done it. We're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And I know with my interrupting questions and all the epiphany discussions earlier, the time's running out. But I think because I know, and I'm, I want you to tell what they are, but I know the other categories you have, really everything you've just laid out actually goes across the board for all these yes, categories. So what you've, you've given us is a sense of, Here's w- what we need to understand and evaluate so that we can come down to understanding our why in what we allow in our home. And then the other two were... And then the other two, just briefly, were what what I do when I'm at work. And then where I stand in... I used the word ministry, but I, I think it might even be better to say where I, where I stand in my faith. The, thing that I am, the things that I am dogmatic about, you know, when somebody says, what do you believe about God? What do you stand on? These are, these are the things that I am unmovable on. Why, well, why am I unmovable? Is it because, thus saith the Lord, or is it because, well, that's what they taught me in Sunday school when I was five. When I go to work, when I'm doing my chores around the house, when I'm at the grocery store, when I'm doing these things, am I doing them just because I have to get them done and I got to check them off the list? Or is it because, no, this is actually my opportunity to serve God. This is my life with him. This is my impact on the kingdom of God in the area of my life that he has called me this present moment. So the why is absolutely essential to everything that we do. All right. Well, I know we're out of time, as I said, but I, I want to make this fair before we go off the air today on this Friday Fun Day. We've had Cody with us. He's mostly been listening, and but we appreciate you being here in the studio with us. Yeah, of course. But I want to make it fair. I, I kind of gave away something I overheard about the AP as he was thinking about the new year. So I think it's only fitting I, I go ahead and tell something I heard about Cody. Okay. I heard Cody say the other day that his New Year's resolution was to drop his bad habits, but no one likes a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you. it. I'll take it. Hey, I you know what you. a New Year's resolution is? What's that? Something that goes in one year and out the other. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for joining us on today's program. We hope that you'll tune in with us each and every day right here on Daybreak Devotions as Pastor Mike and I will discuss various topics in God's Word. If you've got any questions, comments, we would love to hear from you at daybreakdevotion at gmail.com.